Welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us here in the boys' dorm at Foundview Academy in beautiful British Columbia. And we are with our special guest, Caleb Tam, who happens to be one of the boys' dorm deans. And he is prepared to share with us his story about how tragedy struck his life. Probably the worst thing that anyone could ever possibly think of. Caleb, we are really looking forward to spending time with you today. Welcome to It Is Written Canada. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. So Caleb, I want to start off by asking you to kind of introduce yourself to us. What do you like to do? I'm a huge fan of the outdoors. I grew up in the country and my sister and I, we spend all our time uh, exploring different ridges, climbing mountains, hiking, mountain biking, climbing trees, falling under trees. One of our favorite things to do is wait for a thunderstorm and then we'd go, when it's really windy, go to the top of a tree and you know, you get blowed around. It's, it's pretty exciting. Oh wow. Probably wasn't the smartest idea if there's lightning, but um, yeah, I love the outdoors and spending time in God's nature. My mom was also a music teacher and as a result, we had a lot of music in our home and I've always been really passionate about music and I really enjoyed it. I play piano, I sing, I play trumpet and French horn as well. and. Um, it's something we like to do as a family. On top of that, I have a passion for sharing God's character and for sharing who He is and what He's done for me. And I especially enjoy doing that one-on-one -on -one with, with young people. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here at Fountain Academy, to be able to share what Christ has done in my life with, with others and so they can see a glimpse of who He is and how much He loves them individually. God has shown his character and his love to me in ways that I've, I've never seen before. And I've realized that one of the biggest problems we have now today is that we have mis misperceptions of God's character, of who he is and how he views us. And as a result, our relationship with him is based on fear, based on, oh, I got to do this because then I'll earn God's favor instead of, oh, this is how he sees me. And because of his love for me, I want to love him back with everything I've got. And in fact, it was actually as I was preparing a Vesper's talk to talk about God's character and the ways that, that we don't understand it, that someone mentioned the book Finding the Father by Herb, Herb Montgomery to me. And it so intrigued me that I actually, right there, I got on Amazon and I, I ordered it. And that book has given me so many new insights into God's character and how he views us that have just... It just blown my mind. And as I've seen clear and still clearer pictures of who he is, and as the Bible has just become so interesting, as I see things that I've never seen before, passages that before I found dry, it's like, oh, I just gotta go through this and get on with my day. Now I see God's love for me poured out in those stories and how he views me and treasures me as a son. Caleb, tell us about your family. So I was actually born in Langley, which is in Lower Mainland in British Columbia. And my dad is an electrical engineer and my mom was a music teacher there at Fraser Valley Adventist Academy. And my sister was born a couple years before I was. Yeah, and so our parents wanted to give us every opportunity to know God and to therefore raise us in an environment that was conducive to that. And therefore in 2004, when I was two, um, my parents decided to to leave, leave uh, my dad's job with BC Hydro and my mom had actually already quit working so that way she could be full-time at home with us. And we moved out to Cranbrook, which is in the south, southeast British Columbia. 
One of the reasons we moved to the country was so that my sister and I could be homeschooled in a, in a country setting. My mom actually ne never worked again after, after my sister was born. And instead, she was full-time at home with us. And therefore, we, both my sister and I, developed very close ties to our, to, to our mother. You know, I think most people growing up, they all have one or two things in their minds that are their greatest fears. They're willing to face a lot of stuff, but there's a couple things that are just in the don't, don't touch that area zone, things that they're unwilling to face that there's like, no, there's no way that's ever going to happen to me. I'm not going to let it. My biggest fear was, was losing, losing a parent. And I always just kind of push it to the back of my head, like, you know, you know, th that, that's not going to happen. It, not to me. But then in, in 2018, my mom's health actually began to deteriorate. And we were all worried, like, what's going on here? And it wasn't like my mom was doing anything to cause her health to get worse. In fact, she was probably the healthiest, at least one of the healthiest people I've ever met. She would go to the garden and pick raw kale and spinach and collard and stuff it in the blender and take like a little slice of apple, drop it in there, whip it up. And, you know, to get that down, you got to like plug your nose and just, just swallow and just get it over with and eat something to help the lovely flavors too disintegrate quickly. So of course, in my mind, it's like, well, my mom's so healthy, she's going to get better. And besides, she's given her everything to God to, for, and for us. Therefore, God will protect her, won't, won't he? I mean, he's not going to let her pass away. And so I just entertain these thoughts of unwillingness to, to let anything happen. But my mom's health actually began to get worse. And I remember one day in particular, I was with my dad in town. I think we were, we were doing some mountain biking. And just as we were getting back in the car, my dad's phone, phone rings and it's mom. And she's like, I'm coming to the hospital. Something's up with my, my blood sugar and it's just going crazy. I, I need to get this checked out. And at this point, her health had been declining for a couple months already. And I remember the specific spot on the highway where we were driving home with dad. It was on Highway 3 between Cranbrook and Wardner there and my dad and I for the first time talked about you know what if what if mom doesn't make it and that was the first time that I really had to come face to face with this fear that you know maybe this my biggest fear might actually materialize and if that happens what am I gonna do am I gonna allow that to just crush me down or am I gonna say no I know that I can trust God anyway and that was kind of the first time that thought was introduced to me and it was really hard. I was 15 at the time and having your mom's life teetering is, isn't the best thing when you're at that age. So Caleb, did they have any idea what she had? What kind of sickness? Not really, honestly. I mean, it kind of started with severe insomnia. There'd be days when she wouldn't sleep for several nights in a row. like at all and that's that just takes its toll on on your body right and on top of that she had lots of blood sugar problems and problems with her adrenals and eventually we we discovered that Lyme disease was involved that, that was further down the road when we when we found that out um, but to this day we don't entirely know what was going on so there was no cancer no there's there was no cancer involved and we spent thousands of dollars and we traveled to different places trying to at least get a diagnosis so we can have some idea what's going on. But 
most things we tried, her body would just reject them and she'd feel horrible. Um, so we, every door we, we tried to walk through, you know, to find some answers, it just slam again and again and again. That's so frustrating, not knowing, and she keeps getting sicker and sicker. So did she stay home? Yeah, she was, she was home for the entire time. Mm -hmm. And who was taking care of her? So when she first began getting sick, or I guess a few months after she began getting sick, uh, my sister was taking a one-year course at Selkirk College in Castlegar. So it was my dad and I at home with, with my mom for the first part of her illness as she was, as she was getting worse. Um, so we'd make her food and get her whatever she needed. And, and the few months later, later down the road, as she was getting worse and more emaciated and wasn't able to, to do as much for herself, there came a point where we actually had a doorbell system where she had, my mom had a doorbell she could ring and it would ring in, in our rooms in the middle of the night and we'd take shifts to, to go get her whatever she needed because with her blood sugar, she often couldn't make it through the night without getting something small to eat, even though every time she ate it made her feel worse, she had no choice. And therefore we were basically providing 24 seven care for her, especially, especially later on as she, as she became more bedridden. And then Caleb, you decided to come to Fountain View Academy as a senior student here. And so it must have been so hard for you to leave home at that time, knowing that your mom was so sick. Yeah, for sure. The door opened for me to come here to Fountain View Academy. The back of my mind all the time is like, well, you know, my mom might not be around for, for that much longer. And of course, as long as as long as she's alive, there's, there's hope that we can, that I could cling to and hang on to that. Yeah, God's going to heal her. Just, just, just wait, just have faith. And of course, I'm always clinging on to that. But at the same time, I realized realistically that, well, she's probably not going to make it. So yeah, coming here to Fountainview and having to leave home with that in mind was, was difficult. And just the mental strain going through all this is, is tough. So how long, how long did the sickness last? So she began, her health began to deteriorate in probably around March of 2018. And by, by early 2019, she was nearly bedridden and she finally passed, passed away in October of 2019. So when was the last time that you saw your mom then, before she passed away? When I went, to, when I came here to Fountain View Academy, um, I came here with the realization, the acknowledgement that, you know, I might not be able to see her again. But October, beginning of October was fall break and I remember going home and walking, walking in the house and seeing my mom there. At, she was probably like 90 pounds at that point and she was frail and it, it was really hard to see her in that state. I, she had always been worsening, but it was always progressive. And then as soon as I left home for a bit and I came back and saw a difference, it was, it was really hard. And I remember that time actually, uh, I went up the hill behind her house. We have a little platform there that, in a tree that my dad built for us when we were younger. And I remember, actually it was over, over that break that there's one day she just really wasn't feeling well. And, and then she started throwing up in response to, to something that she ate probably. And it was, it just, my sister and I just couldn't take it, just, just ripped us apart. And I, I ran up the hill and I, I threw myself on the ground and I just, I was just in tears crying, asking God, why? Why are you letting this happen? 
are, are you faithful? Are you good? Are you who you say you are? You've performed these miracles in the Bible. Why can't you do it now? Then I, I sat on that platform. I mentioned I was overlooking the valley. Beautiful day. And, and I just looked up at God and I told him all the reasons why I needed my mom. I told him that he couldn't take her away because this and that and, and the other. Basically, I was telling God what he couldn't, couldn't do, what I was willing for him to do and what I wasn't willing for him to do. And looking back, it's pretty clear I wasn't surrendering. And, you know, we're told that we have to surrender all. And that includes the things that, that we hold and the people that we hold most dear to us. And I remember there, that was tears streaming down my face, sitting on that platform. I remember God speaking to me saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough? And up to this point, I had tried to surrender a few times, but I remember that day overlooking the valley that it just hit me that, you know, I can't, even if I wanted to, there's nothing I can do to save her. And if God can see the end from the beginning and he loves her and me more than anyone else, the only thing I could do was say, okay, fine. I'm, I'm done fighting on my own. I'll, I'll give her to you. And I'll trust that whatever outcome you see best is, is the best because, because you are love and because you can have a purpose even in the pain. And maybe you can bring me to a place and teach me about you that I would not have been able to, to reach otherwise without going through this trial. And I remember as hard, as hard as it was, I had peace. I had peace that night. Um, as hard as it was to see my mom in that state. And I knew at the end of break, when I got on the airplane to come back here to Fountainview, that I probably won't see her again. The last time I, I spoke to my mom was probably about two weeks after break. I remember calling home, and usually when I call home, my dad would answer the phone because my mom was, was pretty weak, and honestly answering the phone and talking was like all she could do at that point. Usually I'd talk to my dad and say, how's mom? And it was always just, just a little worse, you know, and that, that was hard. And this, this one night in particular, it was Sunday night, October 20, 2019. And I remember I called home and instead of hearing my dad pick up, my mom actually picked up the phone. And we only talked for five or 10 seconds. That's all, that's all she could do. Um, but I remember she said, I love you. And those are actually the last words that I heard, that I heard from my mom. The next day started as usual. Didn't think anything different of the day. And I remember I was sitting in biology class that afternoon. I'd just given a presentation. I just sat down and there was a knock on the door. A couple of my classmates from a different, different split, they said, uh, Caleb, you got a phone, up, phone call upstairs. And I remember just then, it just, I just knew. I, I just knew what, what was going on. It just, it just hit me. And just, I remember the mental turmoil that was going on as I, as I went up the stairs to, to the office to take that phone call. And it was my dad on the other end, and then I, I heard the hardest words I've ever heard in my life. And it was my own dad saying, Mom passed away this morning. And it just extinguished a little bit of hope that I had left that I was still hanging on to that maybe God would heal her. Maybe something would happen, right? So, Caleb, what was the initial response then to your mom's death at that time? I think it forced me to evaluate who I was as a person and ultimately we all have to answer the question who am I what is my identity 
And when all the things that we think characterize who we are, when some of those are taken away. For example, when my identity as my mother's son is taken away, what do I have left? And the only thing that can't be taken from us is our identity as the children of God because of his love for us, our identity as Christians. And I remember having to face that question, like, now what? Am I still gonna believe and trust and love God? Or am I gonna cause this to, to separate me from him? And I really had to, at that point, decide, you know, this isn't my mom's religion anymore. This is, this is mine. It's, it's now that I have to decide that God is my God. There's a quote that someone said once, God doesn't have grandkids. And I think that's really deep if we think about it. We, our relationship with God can't be through someone else. We have to know him personally for who he is and realize that he knows us individually. And I, I chose that I wasn't gonna let go of God because I needed him. I felt my need of him like never before. And through that time, he, the next few days, he was there for me and I felt his presence like, like I never had before. I remember he was my strength, he was my comfort. That, that afternoon, just a couple hours later, I remember walking down the hall at the school building and I, I was seeing great as I faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. So Caleb, how did the Bible help you in dealing with your mother's death? Now the Bible is essentially a love letter from God to us. It's a depiction of his character, of his thoughts toward us, and therefore I found it to be a great solace, great comfort to me during that time. I remember that evening, I opened my Bible to Isaiah 61, and verse 3 says, speaking of Jesus, that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon him to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And then it says, why? That he might be glorified. And that really spoke to me that God has a purpose that somehow through this pain, he can be glorified and he can turn these ashes into beauty. He can turn my mourning into joy. He can turn the spirit of heaviness into praise and make something beautiful out of it. And one of my mom's favorite verses, actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Someday, when I, when I look back at, at this life of trod here below, and I've and I look at the pain that I've gone through, that I'll be able to look at my Redeemer and, and the, the nail scars in his hand and what he's done for me, and I'll be able to say thank you. Thank you that you allowed me to go through this, that I could come to a better understanding of you. And ultimately, going through this has brought both me and my sister so much closer to God. And if her sufferings were what allowed my sister and I in the end to be saved, she would have gladly done it a thousand times for us. And Caleb, your mom, even though she was going through so much pain and suffering, she never let go of her faith in God. No. She always held on to him. That must have been so impactful for you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember how much the Bible meant to her in the last few months of her life. And it's powerful that 
there'd be days we'd be walking by and she'd say, open my Bible and, and, and read to me a verse. And just, just the privilege that, I wish I'd done it more, but the privilege that I had a few times to just open up to some beautiful psalms, some promise of God to sustain, to give strength that he, some promise of his love, his faithfulness, to be able to share that with my mom in her darkest days is blessing me. So Caleb, you are now a dean here at Fountain View Academy. How do you see God's purpose being fulfilled in your life right now? I think as humanity and as Christians, we have a lot of misconceptions, misperceptions about God's character and how he sees us. I want to do my part to share with others who God is and to use my own testimony, the things I've gone to to say, look, I've lost my mom, the worst thing I could ever imagine. And yet I can tell you that God is good and God is faithful. So Caleb, you mentioned that your family was very musical. Your mom was the music director for an academy. And I believe that you wrote a song. One of my passions is, is songwriting and sharing with others who God is through music. Um, and so I, I wrote a song entitled, I Choose to Trust. And it talks about how even when we can't see God's face, we can choose to trust knowing that he's in control and through our tears, through our broken pieces, he'll put them together. He'll put them back together and someday we'll look back and in our broken pieces, we'll see, we'll see his face. We'll see the, how he was leading us. And then I, I tie that into my own experience, losing my mom and how, how God's in control. And no matter what happens, we're sheltered, we're sheltered in his, in his hands. Your face is lost in darkness And your tender voice no longer I hear If my cries echo off the starry silence But no answer I receive And your hand remains unclean If you deem it best to take away my mama and replace my fragile heart with broken space if you decide to never more fulfill my longing to look into her eyes or feel her warm embrace I choose to trust the rock that is higher than high Fill my empty heartache to hear my silent cry And even though my heart in a thousand pieces lay I rest assured that someday When I trace this life of trouble That my shattered tear-stained pieces Will reveal the face of God Your perfect way I cannot begin to fathom And salvation's grand design I cannot see But the shadow 
of your wings remains my refuge And my father's precious child Evermore I'll be I choose to trust The rock that is higher than high To fill my empty heartache To hear my silent cry And even though my heart in a thousand pieces lay I rest assured that someday When I trace this life of trod That my shattered tear-stained pieces Will reveal the face of Caleb, thank you so much for sharing that song. I wonder, in conclusion, if you could pray, pray for our viewers, those who are watching uh, this program and, and are really touched by your story as we have been. Can you pray for us right now? Absolutely. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you that you are love. And thank you that you choose to reveal that love to us, Lord, in your interactions with us, that You've proven yourself faithful time and time again, even when, when we don't respond in the same way. Lord, in Psalm chapter 50, verse 21, you say, you thought I was altogether like you. Father, help us to not put you in a human box, but instead to realize that you're so much higher than us, that you don't respond and think and feel in the same way that we do. Therefore, Father, we want to trust you because you can see the end from the beginning and you love us so much. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Caleb, for being willing to share your story and how God has really moved and is moving in your life now here on It Is Written Canada. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Friends, as Caleb shared with us, the book Finding the Father changed his understanding of God. So our free offer for you is that book. Finding the Father by Herb Montgomery. Finding the Father goes straight to the root of several moral dilemmas and sweeps aside the misperceptions of God and His character that often cause us to reject the only one who truly loves us. Friends, we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when He said, It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca, or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the Videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.